Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. And something else that this can also do is it can help in keeping our healthcare providers and professionals abreast to where we are yeah individual tailored needs and for some of us we will have the most amazing medical team that supports us for others it may not be that you are even thinking that you're being helped with them and everything in between so this podcast just as a disclaimer is an outline and a general guide but any specific details you may need to adjust for your own individualized care This has not been provided as a medical guidance, but more as a personal opinion. And I always want you to consult with your own healthcare professionals for your own personalised advice. Welcome back to another insightful episode of the Menopause Coach podcast. And I just want to say hello to you for returning. Or if you're here joining us for your first time, then welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, as always, Adele Johnston, the Menopause Coach. And today we are diving deep inside a topic that's incredibly important for women's overall well-being hormone health. Yes, we are. And we're looking at it from a perspective from why blood tests can make a difference in menopause care. And I know for many that are listening to this and even for many that have seen the title of this episode, it may just bring a little bit of controversial lashback. But this is okay. We are here for it. We're here to test out and challenge and have conversations around why actually taking blood and knowing our blood levels can be very, very helpful in menopause care. And you know what? The reason I raise it like that with you straight away is if I click onto the NICE guidelines, for any of you that are familiar with this, these are the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, predominantly based in England, but the UK do use the NICE guidelines for some review and guidance purposes in our NHS system. And when we look at what they refer to as diagnosing menopause, it is stated, and I'm just going to read you a section from this, that we wouldn't be using diagnostic tools such as blood works for this. Now, we always, always run by the methodology of if we are offering blood tests through our NHS system, we do so where you are between the ages of 40 and 45 or younger, I would say here. But it states on here, you are between 40 and 45 and have menopausal symptoms, including changes to your menstrual cycle, how often you have periods in brackets. Point number two, you are under 40 and your GP suspects you are in menopause. And then it has a section that the GP can click through and address premature menopause symptoms. It then goes on to state the blood test measures a hormone called FSH, follicle stimulating hormone. You'll be familiar with that if you've ever had hormonal profiling done. FSH will be loud and proud on those results. So FSH is found to be higher in its levels after menopause. And this is where we have to be very clear on this because what happens is the bloods will be run, GPs will review, and your FSH and your LH, your luteinizing hormone, will be reviewed and looked at. And if those levels are said to be within range, then they may come back and advise that all blood works are normal. 
What this basically means is your FSH and LH levels have not spiked. They've not gone beyond that normal level because you're not deemed to be post menopausal. So I want to cover this off in this episode today because it's super important, especially on the back of many conversations and also my own personal and private journey that I am just going to rip the lid off of this one and we're going to jump inside. So blood testing in menopause, a controversial topic, one that will divide a lot of people's opinions and reviews And it's a a very big topic of conversation right now for me inside this space because we just have to look at how it has blown up over social media in both my Facebook and Instagram with one of the businesswomen that I have helped over 2023 to navigate her own journey through four normal blood test reports to only find out recently and get it agreed with her medical team in her GP practice after she learned from me how to cope with that, how to push back on that, how to navigate the conversations with her GP. She's now finally got the help and support that she needs. And actually, even just knowing that she has that support has been enough for her to feel 10 times better than she did the day before. Why is understanding women's hormone health so crucial? Well, let's just understand the first parts to this. Hormones are our unsung heroes inside our bodies. Yeah, they are literally orchestrating this symphony of beautiful functionality and impact everything from our mood to energy levels to our overall feeling of vitality and well-being. And for women especially, hormonal fluctuations during various life stages for us, such as menopause, can have a profound impact on our physical and our emotional health and well-being. So today's episode is designed to really look at the key diagnostic tool that plays such a pivotal role, in my opinion, in understanding and managing our hormone health during and after our menopause blood tests. Now, again, divides opinion. We have got obviously the nice guidelines that states that under 40 years old, sorry, under 45 years old, we would look to run bloods anyway. 45 and over, we may then just exclude running blood works and look to go straight to treatment. And I don't disagree with that. I actually think that we've got to have benchmarks and guidelines that we can work to. Otherwise, we are all being navigated through this journey in different ways. But where this starts to then add a little bit of a grey area and grey area for me, you know, I like a bit of it's black or it's white, but the grey area within this space starts to then bring up a lot of internal bias and it can bring a lot of nuance to then how we're supported and get to really empower our own autonomy and how we want to run through our menopause care. So when we think about Bloods being a key diagnostic tool, it's one snapshot in time. So when we think about this, your hormones are not just present in your blood. Your hormones are present in blood, but they're also present in bone and in organs and fibres and muscle tissue and skin. Your hormones are everywhere. So of course, when we take a blood review, we are purely taking a snapshot at the time of the blood extraction from veins, please, not from fingers, and certainly not, we're not doing anything today to talk about urine samples or saliva tests, but we are talking about blood vein 
extraction, we are getting a snapshot in time. And it's the equivalent of trying to hit the bullseye in a dartboard that is moving around constantly. Yeah, we are very unlikely to hit the bullseye. But we get an idea. It gives us a snapshot in time. And this is where the, uh, I suppose, debate can come from as to whether or not is even helpful then in that case. So whilst natural stages of life, such as menopause, come into our journey as women, yes, it's, it's a part of the aging process as well, then symptoms can vary widely from person to person. And this is where blood tests can provide a very invaluable insight into hormone levels as a snapshot over time. And we can take the mean from that. We can look at what the average is based across what we have and understand across that window of time. Now, it might be that we run the blood works every six weeks or every 12 weeks initially just to understand for two to three blood extractions on where we're sitting level wise. And something else that this can also do is it can help in keeping our healthcare providers and professionals abreast to where we are. Yeah, individual tailored needs. And for some of us, we will have the most amazing medical team that supports us. For others, it may not be that you are even thinking that you're being helped with them and everything in between. So whether you're on your perimenopause journey or you're already knowingly postmenopause, Navigating the challenges that this can bring um, can certainly help when we look at what we do have at our fingertips. And if we are blessed to be able to run those bloods, then I personally believe that we should have that insight into where our body is currently sitting. So I'm about to unravel a little bit of the mysteries that can come up around women's hormone health and explore why blood tests are a really core component within this journey for many of us. We appreciate that the guidelines will state that up to 45 years old, we want to run those bloods. But here's the thing. You will need to request that those bloods include things like your testosterone levels, your estradiol levels, as they will not be reported on as standard. Therefore, it begs the question as to why are we only testing FSH and LH when those levels will only spike when we are postmenopausal? Insert argument, <laughs> debate or discussion. But I want to look at this from a why blood tests matter for our menopause care and a little bit of an explanation as to the changes that we can have during that time and then a little bit of a discussion around it all. So if we look at this and we kind of say like stage is set, we're going to dive inside this segment and why blood tests then matter within our menopause care. Well, yes, we appreciate that this symphony of hormonal changes that is happening isn't always the best that we want to extract blood and check where we are. But if we picture this delicate dance between estrogen and progesterone, these two hormones that were once in this massive abundance state inside the body begin to kind of leave. Yeah, they're like exiting the party then this can lead to massive hormonal shifts that can impact every aspect of our life as women, both physical and emotional. And during menopause, as our ovaries gradually reduce their production of estrogen and progesterone, and for many of us, some testosterone can go, this can have that domino-like effect on all the other hormonal instruments yeah, within our orchestra. This hormonal transition then can trigger a range of other symptoms. And this is where things like vasomotor symptoms, like hot flushes and mood swings and changes in sleep patterns and reduction in muscle mass or 
challenge or risk to bone health can become a bit more problematic. So where we get a bit more understanding of these changes, this is where blood tests can be a very valuable diagnostic tool. The blood tests will act as they allow us, so they act as this enabler that both healthcare providers and us as women, it's our body, it's our hormones, we get to understand a little bit more of the hormonal landscape that our body has. And the importance of these tests, in my opinion, lie within the ability for them to help reveal where our hormonal imbalances are sitting. Yeah, and that's where we then get to look at what does our journey from there look like? Is this that we test those blood panels and it comes back that actually, yeah, there's no dangers to those. The levels are all sitting quite ample. Therefore, we explore other reason why you are feeling symptoms that you are presenting with versus actually your levels are indicative and conducive to perimenopausal ranges. And in fact, we have some support mechanisms and methods that we can then offer as support. So either way, I think that it's very helpful for us to be able to one, rule out any further complications and two, understand at that point in time, a snapshot in time picture um, and, and get a little bit more of an insight into how our body is preparing and responding. So if we think about the key players in this hormonal kind of journey that we're going on and we monitor those as often as we potentially can, we don't need to do that frequently. We're talking about potentially running one form of blood works and then around about maybe 12 weeks later doing another review. Yeah, then this can give us a good insight, like I say, but we certainly don't want to be overutilizing this as a service. And for many of us based in the UK, we certainly would never even be entertained by getting bloods done as often as that. So we do come up against some of the challenges there and potentially needs to make the decision as to whether that's a private route that we take. Again, all through your choice. When we think about the key players in this, oestrogen and progesterone we've touched upon already. I think of these as your dynamic duo. Okay, these these really strong players within our orchestra makeup of hormones regulate our menstrual cycle as females and contribute to that overall feeling of well-being. So there's also this awareness of FSH, so follicle stimulating hormone, and LH, luteinizing hormone, which play really pivotal roles in the ovulation process. So of course, it's beneficial for us to also see where those levels are sitting because if they have massively spiked, then potentially we are already into that menopausal, postmenopausal stage of our journey. And we all know that menopause does not just look for your age and then show up. Menopause can come at any age, any stage of life. But the hormonal symphony doesn't stop with those hormones. We need to also consider that thyroid hormones, this is important as well. So we've got T4 thyroxine and we've got T3. And these thyroid hormones are critical for maintaining metabolic health your energy levels, your temperature regulation. So again, any fluctuations in your thyroid function of your T4 and your T3 can mimic menopausal symptoms or exasperate them if you're already having them, adding that extra layer of complexity. I am not here to tell you that it's as simple as go get a blood test and we'll figure everything out. I am not, and I'm making that very clear and abundantly known. 
But when we think about the fact that if your thyroid functionality and hormone is not where it needs to be for health and well-being, then again, this clever little thing can mimic the symptoms of menopause or make them worse. So we do want to make sure that if you are under the age of 45, that we are checking your hormone functionality through your thyroid hormones as well. So if we think about the bloods and these tests that we can do, this is like your backstage pass. <laughs> I do love an analogy in a picture. So in my head, I am seeing that you are, you're on stage and your blood tests are your backstage pass to the intricate performance, the behind the scenes information within your body. And if we can measure these key hormones through our healthcare providers and professionals, we really can gain a bit more of a comprehensive understanding of our own hormonal landscape. And that in itself can help us to really truly pave the way for personalised care and strategies. This isn't about a one size fits all. This isn't about a, okay, you've got symptoms, let's just treat them as menopause. Because like we've just heard, if your thyroid function is not functioning properly, you may be experiencing what is thought to be menopausal symptoms when it's not, or your menopausal symptoms or perimenopausal symptoms may be absolutely kicking your ass because your thyroid is not functioning optimally. Now, if we then get that a little bit more regulated and back into its, its gameplay, then we might find that those symptoms are a lot more manageable. So this to me just feels like it's a beautiful autonomous role of taking your own own empowered action and at least understanding where those levels are sitting for you so that you can make informed decisions. And that's important. So if we think about this, I work with a lot of women all over the world and I, you'll hear me talk a lot about within the UK with our NHS system because I fully appreciate that those of you that I work with outside of the UK, we have different ways and different strategies that we take. Now, I work with women all over. So America, Dubai, Europe, and we get to discover the beauty and almost sometimes as well, the alarming differences that we have in the approaches to women's health through these various stages of life. But obviously the one that I support most in being perimenopause and menopause years. So if we look at the ladies that I work with in the US, in the United States, this women's health dynamic field that we are almost inside and it becomes a lot easier for us to be able to run things like diagnostic testing. Um, we have this plethora of resources and proactive approaches to a lot of what we can do in that private approach. You know, we've got like, my ladies have got really comprehensive gynecological care and really specialised menopause support clinics that we can then um, engage with and have in place for their ongoing care. And we also then have a, a access to this wide range of different healthcare options. So for that, I really enjoy supporting my US ladies because it becomes a bit easier for us to do some of the care. One caveat to that, however, is it's not a standardised state of, of care across the entire US. When I'm working with my ladies in Florida, for example, there are parts of Florida and Florida's vast for any of you that have ever been there. We think of it as it takes, you know, on average around 30 minutes just to go to the nearest corner shop. It's that big. But when we think about the vastness of Florida as a state, 
there are nuances and differences all over the care that I have experienced for a lot of my ladies there. Nonetheless, the care is good. Ladies in Dubai, so working with um, one of my clients in Dubai at the moment and her care has just been phenomenal with what she has been able to achieve and receive um, for various different reasons and I'll not go into those, but we also have a bit more of a traditional practice to medicine within that space for ladies and women's health. And it emphasizes a lot more in a holistic approach, but it does combine a lot of that medicine into those therapies. So wellness centers offering services like acupuncture and yoga. We've got a lot of things like nutritional counseling that we can and use as a contribution to that well-rounded approach within women's health. But equally, we may find that we come up against some areas in Dubai, especially within less of an expat area, where some women struggle to even be heard and seen within their journey. So this does become very, very individualized, doesn't it? But one thing that we can always come back into is making sure that we have our hands on our own healthcare journey through menopause. So a special note on the cultural and societal differences there for sure. Um, But a common thread within this is that women are ready to prioritise our health and our well-being. And this is where initiatives um, in each of these countries and in each of your lives gets to be what you need it to be. And you are only ever one message away from someone who can answer your question. I love that about today's modern world. And I love the fact that I work with these women all over the world, not just within the UK system. Okay, I fully appreciate that's been quite heavy, hasn't it, to listen to. But I want to bring the focus back home a little bit and explore the contrasts then that we face in the UK. And whilst we're massively blessed that we have this NHS system known for commitment and accessible healthcare, things are changing. And I'm not about to sit here and you know, I'm not here to praise and I'm not here to pull apart. I'm here to to give facts and I'm here to give um, my own opinions and, and viewpoints as well, because this is essential to be able to look at the potentials and also the nuances and gaps within the women's health service that we have. Now, we appreciate that within different stages and places and regions and countries that care will be different. But one thing's for sure, we as women deserve to be cared for. We as women want to be cared for. And the more knowledge that we grow, the more that we get to know, the more that we expect and demand. And I am fully for that. A hundred percent celebrating that. So we don't want any diminished care or being provided anywhere in this world. And we certainly don't want to then have to wait or to be like the lady I helped last year four different blood reviews over a year to be told that everyone was normal when in fact that was not the case for her. So we equally do not want to be gaslit and we don't want to be sent away and we don't want to be turned away and told that everything is normal and have ourselves believing that there is something either very untoward happening in our body or that we are making it all up in our heads. I have heard this from one doctor to a current patient or a client of mine advising that that's the case and it's appalling. So as we bridge these potential gaps, we get to look at communication together, you and I, us. We get to look at healthcare that becomes a really key 
prominence within advocating for your own personalised care. We get to discuss symptoms openly. We get to express what your individual preferences are for your care and tailor your woman's health because this is your health. We don't get to muck about with this. We just don't. We've looked at this from a perspective of understanding I do advocate and rate blood tests. I do. And emphasising the importance of proactive healthcare, of women like you and me advocating for our own best futures, understanding our bodies and being proactive about our health makes the world of difference for us. Because another thing that I massively stand by is you are responsible for your health not your GP. Your GP is there to be responsive and reactive at a time that you need support, but you are the one that is responsible 100% for your body and your health and care. So making choices, making decisions that are informed by knowledge and understanding is so important for you in your menopause care and landscape, because guess what? Things are going to evolve and change What once felt like you were under control with your hormones will slip out and estradiol will drop again through perimenopause, causing you to spiral into a deeper level of symptom. So understanding how to navigate this process is effectively your biggest tool in your toolbox. Understanding it from a what do you need to know and then how do you get the help that you want to have. So identifying your healthcare provider or support mechanisms because that is about what is important for you in being able to advocate for specifics. Yeah, the specifics around tests based on symptoms. And again, understanding that even if you are over 45 and you are experiencing persistent symptoms, but actually you're being sent away or dismissed or told that it's not, you know, this is all normal, it's fine, you're maybe stressed, you know, here's some antidepressants instead. This is where we get to then advocate for ourselves and suggest some specifics around bloods that we want to know about, especially if we're experiencing things like mood swings and hot flushes and irregular periods. Yeah, these are important. So helping you to guide yourself through this process is what I would really advocate and wish for you. And encouraging open communication with your healthcare professionals as well. So if you find that you're speaking with your GP and they're not very forthcoming with running bloods, then again, knowing that you can ask for another GP. You can ask for the practice manager and you can speak with anyone inside that practice or that medical field to be able to ask for someone who is trained or knowledgeable in women's health and wellness. Now, I hope that that is news to you. Well, do I hope that? Probably not, actually. In a way, I kind of do, because then you're going to take a massive nugget away from this episode that is going to help you and we're not going to have the same issues again. But equally, I kind of feel a bit, I suppose, restricted. And when I say that, because I would also hope that you are already knowledgeable on that and can navigate through when you don't feel you're being supported. So in this final segment, then we're going to address a little bit more of how we can help ourselves find ourselves and understand a bit more around this whole inverted commas, normal blood results. Okay. Especially if you've got grappling persistent symptoms that are causing a lot of frustration, irritation, upset, illness. It's not okay, is it? It's just not okay. So acknowledging that frustration, number one, 
and helping you to receive some normal support within this space. So when we get our results back, if we receive a result back and we are advised, yeah, all your blood tests are normal and you are just not feeling normal, then it can feel like a massive head puzzle with a lot of missing pieces because we think to ourselves, well, is it all in my mind? Am I, am I thinking this? Am I manifesting these symptoms and feelings? And if it's persistent, ongoing, getting worse, then this is where we have to be able to stand forward with ourselves and challenge back. Now, I want to share a story with you about my own blood tests and I made a massive challenge back. And this has supported many women just hearing this story. So my wish for you for this part of the episode is that it does inspire some action if you feel you need to take similar. Absolutely advocating for your own empowered action. But I'm also a very, very loving patient to my GP practice. And I fully appreciate that it is my responsibility to care and love for my body. It is mine. It is not my doctor's and not her responsibility to make the choices for me. So with that in mind and with love, I had some bloods taken and this was all part of my HRT review. So I had some bloods taken and requested that we had estradiol and testosterone as part of those bloods. The blood results came back and when I spoke to the receptionist at the GP practice, I was advised that they were all healthy and normal. I knew they were not because of how I've been feeling. So I said, okay, great, thank you. You know, really grateful for that, celebrating the health of my body. Um, Could you please give me the blood test numbers for estradiol and testosterone? So I got given those over the phone. You can ask for that and you can equally ask for a printed copy of your results. Okay, these are going to go on your notes and your file anyway and you have legal access to view. I was given those results and unfortunately my levels of estradiol are significantly low for not just my age, but also they're not giving me the baseline protection for bone, heart and organ health just now at the range that they've come back on. Now, what's really important with this, I'm not going to tell you what the range was, but what's really important is that I didn't automatically panic and think, oh gosh, like that's that's bad, because we remind ourselves the blood panel that was taken was a small extraction of blood at that specific time. So it's a snapshot in time of what my blood was showing as my hormones. But we know that the hormones are also present in all of the other tissues and organs and bone of my body. But it gave me a really good understanding that actually those levels were significantly low and are not giving me the protection that my body needs. And again, with my own journey that I'm on, I'm very protective around my bone health just now because of... 2023 diagnoses with osteopenia in my L1 to L4 of my spine. So, you know, I'll be damned. That's not the reaching full-blown osteoporosis if I can prevent that. And I'm very, very clear on that. So again, highlighting to the receptionist that those results were not actually classed as normal. And the following few days, I then had a phone conversation with the GP who then phoned me to have a discussion on. Now, that discussion was intriguing, alarming and everything in between, because when I spoke with the GP, she said, yep, Adele, all your bloods are normal. And I had the same conversation with her to say, well, actually, they're not. Here's why they're not. And here's what I want to do about that. And she was completely vacant within knowledge 
understanding and had just basically said, well, if you feel confident that you know what you're doing, then just let us know how you're getting on. Now, what's alarming about that is, had I not been who I am, had I not had the knowledge that I have, had I not self-advocated, a number of things would be happening here. Number one, I would be sitting with extremely low levels of estradiol and that would have had an immediate impact through the symptoms that I was experiencing at that time, which were quite severe for a good eight weeks. But I would also longer term be exposing my body to greater risk of fuller blown osteoporosis, not just osteopenia, um, cardiovascular disease. We know that postmenopausal women are 50% more at risk of cardiovascular related disease. And that's just not okay with me because my body, my responsibility, and I love her and I want my body to be the best possible condition that it can ever be in. Therefore, this is a brilliant example of when blood panels are supportive. Had I not had those bloods taken, I would have continued to probably feel a little bit lower in energy, heart palpitations. Again, knowing what strategies we can take through symptoms alone, yes, so that does play a role. But I wouldn't have known how severely low the the panel works were sitting and that it was causing a bit of a danger zone for me personally. And I'm not willing to let that be and I'm not willing to allow it. Now, when we come into this, and I know it will divide opinion, and I'm 100% okay with that. I'm not here to be liked by everybody. I'm here to bring you really good discussion topics. I'm here to unravel, to unveil, to really present to you so that you can make up your own mind and how things feel for you. Because this goes further beyond healthcare. This is about what support and emphasising you the importance of advocating for yourself. It's paramount in this situation and this time of life. And if you're experiencing symptoms and you've been already told that you don't need to have bloods taken, then again, I would I would push back on that if I were you. I would look to, well, actually, I'm under the age of 45 and I would appreciate that those blood works are taken. If you are 45, 46, 47, again, let's not just say, well, I'm outside the category. If you believe that they are going to support your journey, then advocate for that. And it might be that you do have to go privately for some of this if you are UK based. But again, this is about choice. This is about the the health of your body, the happiness of your future. And you always get to make choice. When we think about the process that we go through within this journey, I want you to remember that your journey is unique and there is no one size fits all around this solution. Yeah, it's not even, I'm very reluctant to even use the word solution because it's not the problem. This isn't something that we have to resolve per se. It's actually about a journey that we get to go on and we get to have times in that journey where we feel so well and everything's working brilliantly, but we can never, never understand how hormones play out. Okay. We don't have a a blueprint or a how do I guide or a step-by-step process on how these hormones will behave during our menopausal journey. Therefore, there is not a one size fits all solution. So be persistent, stay informed and educated. Trust yourself because your well-being is worth your advocacy and the effort that you will put into that. This is your future. This is your here and now. And this is not just about surviving through this time of life. It's about being able to thrive, 
be your healthiest. Imagine hitting perimenopause and saying, truthfully saying, do you know what? I'm probably the healthiest and happiest I've ever been in all of my 40 years before now. How incredible would that feel for you? And I do hope that you have found this a really good listen and that it's given you good insight because we've journeyed through this intricate landscape of women's health. We've we've really talked about the importance of understanding hormonal changes during menopause and that actually the points that we've covered, for many it will be a but. The NICE guidelines in the British Menopause Society state that we don't run bloods after 45 and we can diagnose or, or confirm on symptoms alone. And I don't disagree with that. I think it's great that we've got these these steps in place, these guidelines in place, but that's what they are. They're guidelines. They're not gospel. They're guidelines. They're not laminated. Everybody is individual and we get to self-advocate. So if you feel in your heart of hearts that you need to have some blood works taken, then please own that process and that journey. And when we highlight the significance of blood tests and supporting with hormonal imbalances, looking specifically at your estradiol, your testosterone, and whilst we're there, your FSH and LH and thyroid. Yeah, and we travel into that space to understand what is right for us, what feels good. You will know how you feel. And sometimes we get that confirmation within the bloods. So your journey doesn't end after this podcast. I would love for you to continue with empowering yourself to take charge of your own hormonal care and health. And I encourage each and every one of you listening to this to really be proactive. Ask questions, advocate for yourself. Yeah, think about this as your health in partnership between you and your healthcare team. And that actually your voice is crucial in that collaboration because it's your body. Nobody understands your body better than you. Okay, and we can't expect anybody to understand it better than we can. So learn to navigate the complexities of your own health as a woman and remind yourself that you get to seek support, but you also get to ask for what's next if you don't feel that you've been supported entirely. Yeah, we won't always get the support we need from the one source. So as we bring this episode to a close, I want to just express my deepest gratitude for you tuning into it. If this has triggered you a little bit because you do not disagree with blood results being part of a menopause journey, then I invite you to sit with that. That's absolutely fine. But equally, if you are like me thinking, well, actually, no, they do add value, then again, we get to own that and we get to look at what do we need for ourselves? Because one thing I'll be sure about I'll be damned if someone tells me how my health gets to be managed. I will manage it the way that I know my body needs that care to be taken care of. So be empowered, shake the tree a little bit, and please, 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 for the love of God, always put your ownership to yourself for your own health care. If You do not know where to go from here and you're thinking, I am ready, Adele. I need to do this. I need the self-advocacy. I need to feel fully empowered and knowledgeable as I speak with my GP for my next steps. Then, like the Lady Helen that I have helped last year, you're just one message away from me and my team and this is what we help you do. So reach out, let us know and thank you for being part of the Menopause Coach Podcast today. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, 
To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.